When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh my God, you guys are my favorite. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen. With guest host, Susie Schuster. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Atlanta would be tough. The only con of going back home is just people hitting my phone like crazy. What are you willing to share about your quarterback plans? We are definitely in the quarterback hunting business. Um, and we got to go out. We got to find ways to acquire them. You know the ways we can do it. Earlier on the show, NFL Network reporter Stacey Dales. Emmy-nominated host of The Rich Eisen Show, Rich Eisen. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Susie Schuster. Hey, everybody. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Just had Rich on in the second hour of the show from Indianapolis. If you missed it or if you missed Stacey Dales from the first hour, please go find us on YouTube, wherever you find The Rich Eisen Show on Roku. It'll re-air right after this, so... Don't go anywhere. You can watch all of that content. Pete Thamel will join us shortly from ESPN. Great article on Caleb Williams and about him sitting by and basically uh, watching the combine from his hotel room, meeting with some different teams to see who gets him, whether it's the Bears, the Commanders. He said he was a big fan of Chicago. We want to talk to Pete about that as well. But first, let's take some phone calls before we get to Pete. Let's do and, it. And Pete's doing an amazing job juggling, so we're all going to be very, very patient, I think. That's the way to go today. Let's take Jason in Mississippi. Hey, Jason. What's up? Come on, Jason. Jason. You there, Jace? You've been holding on a long time. Jason. I'll put him on hold again. All right, put him on hold. How about Cy in L.A.? Hey, Cy. Hey, how you doing, Susie? Hi, how are you? Good to have you. What up, what up? Um, I'm good, Chris, DJ. Chris, DJ, Mikey D, and TJ. And I want to give a good go Bills to Mike Hoskins in the back. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I, you know, it was funny, Susie, when you hosted right after the Caleb Williams emotional stuff happened, I was on, I was on hold and had to get off. So now that um, we're talking about it again, I wanted to call in and be like, emotion in sports is like what it's all about. You know, like it really really is and like look at jason kelsey is anybody going after jason kelsey about not being a leader or like you know what is he doing crying in his mother's arms after you know losing the super bowl or any of the bills players you know after what happened with damar hamlin last year i mean i just think it's um my first gut reaction when i hear about that negative negativity is like grow up um but then the other part is, like, I I just want people who feel that way to experience the freedom of, like, letting it all out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just really such a 
And I have incredibly strong women in my life. And I just, ooh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Like, just, I, I love the women in my life. I love my mom, my sisters, all of my friends. And, like, why would I not go to them for support? So, you know, that's what I wanted to call in and say. And Great point. I love what the football, by the way. Oh, thank Weekly you, Cy. Freaking, it's fantastic. Really, so. really appreciate that. Thanks again for your call. I, I really appreciate Thanks, you brother. taking the time to call in, and you held on for so long. Pete Thamel joins us now from ESPN. And Pete, you know, we were just talking with this caller, Cy, about the Caleb Williams controversy when he jumped into the stands to hug his mother. And I happened to be sitting in for Rich right after that. And I thought it was wonderful. I mean, not just because I'm a mom, but also because I really appreciate real authentic moments in sports. And I can't get over the amount of guys who push back saying, what a baby and crying isn't for football and he's soft. And I saw it the exact opposite way. I was curious about your take. So, so it's interesting, right? Like that's uh, that's a sort of classic quintessential talk radio show topic, if you will. Right. Um, if you want, you know, for the football guy crowd, they can uh, they can sort of ascertain all sorts of things that, that he's soft. He's not ready for the NFL. Um, you know, you obviously had a completely different perspective about it, which which I tend to uh, which I tend to agree with. Um, what I what I think we are seeing and we need to get used to as Caleb Williams comes to the NFL is that this is a different generation of player. And they came up in a completely different generation. They came up with a generation of social media, of, of Instagram, of NIL. And they don't, these athletes in this draft and beyond don't fit in the cookie cutter paradigms that, you know, that, that we remember athletes being. And uh, I think Caleb Williams, uh, who I've known since he was in high school, has been authentic and, uh, and, and stayed true to himself uh, throughout. And he's been, uh, he, you know, he's been very consistent. Um, the other divisive thing was that he painted his fingernails and people made a big deal of that. Uh, his mom is, uh, oh God, I'm not going to get the term right, a beautician of some sort who paints fingernails. You can tell I don't get mine done often. But, uh, and that was a way for him to connect with her and, and, and bond. And it was, uh, it, it was authentic. I think she was part of his Dr. Pepper commercial uh, in which he, uh, in, in which he, in which he did that. Yeah. I mean, by the way, it's a manicurist because God knows I could use her right now. But, you know, Isn't I there I, another there, term though. It's like there's a nail technician. I, I mean, you could call yeah, it a nail be, technician. It might be a technician. And, yeah. and, anyway, and a nail art technician, if you want to go really 21st century for yeah. the kids. I can't even get my tie knot right. My my wife nags me about it all the time. So I don't know. I'm not, definitely not going to get the nails, the, no, I the nail you. situation right. Yeah, I, I, I had a real problem with that uh, relationship judgment. And I thought it was actually fantastic. Yeah. And, and I thought it showed a, a warm side of him. And look, you know, what you said is so key. Those of us who grew up with the college football in the 20s, 30s, 40 years ago, it's not the same game. And NIL yeah. has changed a lot of that. What's your opinion on how NIL has changed the current players and perhaps their relationship to the NFL? Sure. It's an interesting question um, because there was always NIL. It was just not given uh, above the board and it wasn't taxed, right? <laughs> you know, these guys always had access at a vast majority of the schools to, you know, the, the, the types of things we've seen them buy with NIL, be it cars, meals, uh, you know, different perks, different perks around campus. They were always there. It was just a, a black market that, uh, that, that fed them. So, but things have changed. There's, there's, there's no doubt about, there's no doubt about that. And I think, 
I've, I've done a lot in uh, as a college football writer in, in writing about scouting and the scouting process of what scouts look for. And the one thing maybe I learned later in my career that I didn't know earlier in my career is I thought scouts would go to those campuses and look at the left guard and see if he has a good hand punch or footwork or, you know, bendable hips. Right. And they do all that. But these scouts really go to campus. And the number one question they have, they go talk to the strength coach. They go talk to the academic folks. They go talk to the lunch ladies. And they say, does this kid love football? And does he love to work? And so because sometimes the the goal, it used to be, you know, I'm going to go get the contract and buy my mom a house or buy my mom a car or whatever. Some of those goals are achieved earlier now. And I think it's incumbent on the NFL to figure out, is this changing the player's motivation? So you delved into this in your incredibly well-written article on Caleb Williams. But what do you think the prevailing thought is on Caleb without really knowing him? So I would say this at both of his schools uh, and when he was in high school at Gonzaga, but at, at USC in Oklahoma, Caleb Williams was well liked in his locker room. Caleb Williams was the hardest worker. I remember talking to a source at USC a month after he got there and the person said to me, Caleb Williams is just one of the most fantastic college football players I've ever been around period. Like it was, it was not, Hey, we'll see. It was not, it was like immediately he went in and remember they had uh, Lincoln Riley called it like the most unique roster in the history of USC. I mean, they had an entirely new team come in because it's remember the collision of NIL and the portal when, uh, when, when Caleb arrived there for, from Oklahoma, he was a, a linchpin leader and he was well-respected. And ultimately when the NFL is making the calculus of, What's this guy going to be like? And again, with the quarterback now, it's like, what's he going to be like in community? What's he going to be like in front of the media every week, et cetera? He was, uh, you know, he was beyond beloved at, at USC with, uh, you know, with, within, that, within that locker room and within his teammates. So what do you think is the most interesting and unknown question about him that's still out there? Well, it's it's a it, it's a good question. I I think I think there's I'm curious where he goes and how he fits in that system. I, I think the talent is the talent. It's probably pretty telling that a vast majority of the Caleb Williams conversations that have unfolded in the last six to eight weeks have not been about his arm strength. It has not been about his accuracy. It has not been about his play. Uh, I want to give my colleague uh, Matt Miller credit for this stat. Caleb lost, I believe, nine or ten games at Oklahoma and USC. And in those games, the defense led up an average of, Matt told me last night, 48 points. Like, wow. You know, like to beat Caleb Williams, you basically had to hang 50 on either the, uh, the, the Sooners or the Trojans. So I don't think there are questions about the player, about the prospect. Uh, I just think it's a matter of does a franchise want to make a Herschel Walker type trade to go get mm -hmm. him, uh, mm -hmm. be that Washington or someone else? And, and do the Bears want to risk, you know, do they want to be what the, play, the Blazers were when they picked Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan? Right. So like, you, do, right. Do they want to, you know, do they want to be the team that passed on a guy who, you know, I've had scouts tell me he's as good of a prospect as they've seen since Andrew Luck coming out of Stanford. In my 21 years cover college football, Luck and Trevor Lawrence have kind of been the standards of, you know, near perfect prospects, as perfect as you can be. Who would you take if you had the number one pick? Wow. I always joke in college, I don't have any scholarships, so my opinion doesn't count. But I certainly don't have any draft picks. I don't have, definitely don't have the cap space to pay up. But um, I would take Caleb Williams. Um, look, the other quarterbacks are great. I think Drake May, if you went back the last 10 drafts, Drake May probably would have been the number one pick and ate him, right? Like there's a lot of elite talent there. And obviously Jaden Daniels was the most dynamic player in college football last season. Uh, you know, in he's really a testament to 
quarterback development not being linear. Um, he had a bananas season his freshman year at Arizona State, and then he struggled for a couple of years, and he went to USC, and Brian Kelly, Mike Denbrock, and uh, Joe Sloan, the quarterback coach there, helped him finally develop, which he never really did at Arizona State. So that's a long way to say that I would take Caleb Williams. ESPN's Pete Thamel joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich. What about the next level of quarterbacks, like the Penix, the McCarthy's? I always push back on the McCarthy thing. They're saying that, you know, he's a game manager. I hate the whole game manager routine. I think that you're supposed to manage a game if you're a quarterback. Who do you see as the potential to be the top choice amongst the next level down? Yeah, it's a fascinating class. Uh, I think this is a little bit of like the, the the COVID years have given us a bunch of older quarterbacks who, again, didn't develop on a linear scale. Uh, you look at Penix, he had injury problems. You look at Bo Nix, he really struggled at Auburn uh, before really finding himself at uh, – at Oregon, you look at J.J. McCarthy. Well, I think any NFL team would take someone who could manage to win uh, 27 out of 28 games, right? That's really the it's really the only statistic that matters when you're judging quarterbacks is wins. And he was 27 and one as a starter, obviously won a national title. Uh, all very different quarterbacks. Um, and again, sometimes we always start these conversations with the negatives. I'll, I'll start with Penix, who I probably am most intrigued by out of that group because ball leaves his hands, Susie, so violently. I've never seen in person the ball leave a quarterback's hand just as viciously as it does Michael Penix. What do you mean by that? So when you stand field level, and this is why scouts scout in person, and you watch a quarterback, there's just a certain... It's a, it's a hard thing to explain, but the ball just bursts out. It's uh it's like a, it's like a rocket ship coming off his hand. And a lot of this comes and now we get into some draft trope, right? Uh, hand size. Michael Penix has giant hands, not like big bands. Remember all every year, Oh, he has small hands. He's not going to make whatever. Michael Penix has giant hands and that helps you get spin on the ball. Um, one stat that Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator, is now at the Seahawks, who was at Washington last year, pointed out that he had more passes completed outside the numbers. Now, he also had the best set of receivers in college football, hands down, not even close. All three of those guys will be top 100 picks in this draft. But Michael Penix can spin it, actually literally spin it. And so it's uh, it's a really fun thing. Uh, anyone who's in Indy for the combine who can go field level and watch the ball leave Michael Penix's hand. And it's something that certainly shows up on TV. But in person, it's just like a it's just a different level when you're at field level and you watch the ball go from Penix. Uh, he's 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 remarkable. Um, you know, the negatives already said some injury history that's well documented. Uh, and, uh, you know, he some of that was he has not been mobile now. He also didn't get sacked, though. I think that's another thing about him. He has the sense, the internal clock. Um, you know, he it's something like eight sacks and 1,100 attempts the last two years, like a preposterous number. Nobody threw for more yards than him the last few years. Um, and, you know, Nick's was just an efficiency monster at Oregon. There's no other way to, there's no other way to say it. Uh, he, he went from like a dance-around guy at Auburn who struggled to find himself and really settled in these last two seasons under Kenny Dillingham two years ago and under Will Stein last year and just, uh, and, and just thrived. He always had an NFL arm and it just needed to come together. And sometimes having superior talent, which Dan Lanning is obviously uh, brought to Oregon helps bring those, uh, helps bring those things out. And, and what about JJ? 
Yeah, so J.J., to me, is is the most fascinating. He's a wonderful quarterback who just won big game after big game, never flinched. Third and six, there was no quarterback he wanted more in college football than J.J. McCarthy the last couple of years. He could beat you with his leg. He could find the tight end. He was crafty. That ball he threw against Ohio State when he threaded the needle um, is maybe the single most impressive throw of college football last season because it took some onions to throw it, and uh, it somehow made its way uh, it made its way through for a critical touchdown in a, in a critical game. Um, the knock on J.J. is that he's slight. I mean, you see that picture in front of you there. Bryce Young was criticized for being slight. Now, Bryce was short and slight. So, um, and Jay Daniels is a little bit slight of build, just meaning their frame may not be something to build on. And, and then some of that goes back to these like Parcelsian's ideals where you want your quarterback to be this big hulking Drew Bledsoe type. But I, I think I, I, I'm not betting against JJ McCarthy. I just watched him win too many big games, complete too many big passes and uh, really just be the, you know, the, the single winningest quarterback in, in Michigan history. Pete, I was telling uh, Amy Trask, my co-host on What the Football, and Lewis Riddick, your your colleague yesterday, about Vernon Davis, the year that he came into the Combine. And I remember Rich calling me in a commercial break saying, like, who is this guy? And give me everything about him. Who do you think is going to be the surprise that you know about from college football that maybe others aren't expecting? Well, I'm going to go with someone who has accumulated some buzz, but uh, I've known about for a while. And that's Quinion Mitchell, the uh, defensive back out of Toledo. He comes to mind right away. Uh, we're in an era right now in college football where players from that group of five who go to the draft are going to be very rare because, quite frankly, they get well-earned financial opportunities to move up to the SEC, to the Big Ten, to earn high six figures and go. Quinion Mitchell could have done all that. Instead, he stayed at Toledo where he deflected 40-something passes in his career. Uh, Jason Candle, his coach, told me he expects Quinion to run 4-3 in the in the uh in the combine this week and he really has a chance to uh to to be sort of one of these last great small school stories and i think the real part of it and why teams are really attracted to quinion mitchell is that he didn't want to leave his teammates he didn't want to leave his coaches he wanted to finish what he started there at toledo he was a three and done nobody recruited him and i think that's a that's a remarkable story that we'll hear a lot about at the uh at the draft. And the other guy who people know about, but he got injured. And I'm really curious about is Jonathan Brooks. Cause he was on his way to maybe being that sort of rare first round running back. Now we obviously saw two of them last year, but the last decade that's become a little bit of a anomaly towards ACL. He's on his way back. Um, he's told me earlier this draft process that he should be ready to go for camp. Um, and he could be, you know, a little bit of a risky pick, who someone could look really smart in the middle of the season that they have one of the best young tailbacks in college football and in the NFL. All right, Pete, let's talk about us. We're Orangemen, Syracuse. We're back, right? Am I crazy? We're back. You are back being interesting. And quite frankly, that program has not been interesting other than a few like Friday night blips under Dino Babers for a very long time. So credit Fran Brown for this. He took a program that had been basically flatlined in relevancy for two decades, and he has given it a badly needed adrenaline shot. Um, obviously, Kyle McCord, you have a face of the program. When is that program? Maybe, you know, Not even big maybe Eric Dungey was the face of the program, yeah, maybe. you know, for, for a while. He won a lot of games, and I give him credit. That guy was gutsy, man. He was He's, tough. It felt like his helmet, his yeah. helmet came off every third play, it felt like. Um, but there really hasn't been a, like, national face of the program and fran brown within three weeks of getting the job brought you know one of the one of the better quarterbacks in college football last season to uh to syracuse and there's been talent upgrades in other places i uh i will say this 
the, the talent needs to continue to upgrade. Fran Brown would be the first one to tell you that. But the schedule, look at the schedule. Oh, there's it's no breaking Clemson. our way. There's no Florida State and there's no North Carolina. That is like the schedule from the, you know, from the scheduling college. Those are usually the, you know, the type of schedules that the teams the ACC wants to go undefeated gets. Um, I don't think the ACC football folks are, uh, are are rigging things for Syracuse, but it is a it is a fortuitous way to start. Uh, they even had they just picked up I think a road game at UNLV to start the year. It was yeah. even easier, but non league. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking if they're favored in nine games. Uh, again, I have no idea what they're going to look like. There's so many new pieces. College football is a year-to-year business now, and it's really hard to get your arms around what it, what a program is going to look like. And that makes a lot of fun, right? Like, we just don't know what teams are going to be. And that makes open, it gives opening weekend so much juice because you never know who's going to be a rocket ship coming out of nowhere. Um, but, yes, I am, uh, I am excited that Fran Brown has gotten Syracuse uh, sort of humming again. Yeah, and, uh, on the your, recruiting trail. Yeah, to your point, it's just when was the last time you're excited about Syracuse football? It's been it's been a long time. And look, eleven and one sneak in the playoff. I don't think that's crazy. Do you? I think it's absolutely insane. <laughs> okay, fine. He is insane. Yeah. When do you, what do you not know about this? He is crazy. Yes. Um, yes, but dream. Like here's the thing. Hope is free, right? That's what I'm saying. Hope is free. You never know. Yes. So. It, it is mid. It is late February. Cling on, cling on, in those cold Central New York uh, winters, man. Cling on to that hope. Before we let you go, Pete, give it to me straight. Did you come on because I asked you, or did getting a FaceTime from Pat McAfee saying Susie wants you to go on put you over the edge? I just need to know for my own ego. Tread, tread lightly, my friend. Tread very, I very came lightly. On because the the Rich Eisen show has such great broad reach, yeah, yeah. And so I was ex- I was excited to go on the Rich Eisen show. Great answer. Great answer. So just it's hard, it's just to, don't go on do when Rich sometimes. asks. Don't if Rich asks, just you, wait. What it goes to voicemail? Wait, who's rich, right? Who's rich? If I text you, just know that usually there's a parting gift from Nantucket after that, like for our guests. I take care of our people, so I'm just saying. As the NFLPA put out their grades for the different teams, I get an A. Now, I'm not sure what Rich gets, but I'm just saying, if you see Susie on there, just feel free to reach back and say, I'll fit you in. Yeah, this Rob guy, I don't really know why you're talking about him so much. No idea. No idea. I love it. Who? Uh, Pete, you're the best. We really appreciate it. And I mean, I think this is such a fun time of year to have college football. And it's like it's like watching your kids grow up and go to the big leagues and leave the house. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, they graduate from my life and there'll be a new a new flock coming in and coming in in September. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Pete. Thanks, Susie. Appreciate it. He's fun. That was great to have him on. Great information from him. Love it. He didn't really answer the question, but, you know, that's fine. Let's just let's just go with the ego side of it. Let's say it was you. You put it over the top. Yeah. I'll take a break when we come back. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it was just me. I believe it. It was Susie. Thank you, Mikey. I'm just that charming. Just that charming. Let's take more calls when we come back. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. You standing with a photograph next to uh, Sly, and yeah. you know we all know you. W- w- what is the height difference between you and Sylvester Stallone? If we were doing uh, a tale of the tape here, Dolph, you, I, I don't know, but I, they put me on an apple box to make me look even taller. And, and uh, no, they didn't know yeah, such yeah, thing. Yeah, like he wanted that. Big he wanted difference. all the way up there. Yeah, and actually, the kid who plays my son now, he's he's a bit taller than me. So he's going to be a lot taller than Michael B. So it's going to be like a re- rematch. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so what would you say? Just a few inches? You got a few uh, inches on right now? I don't know. Maybe four inches. Four, four inches. Okay. Mike, okay. why don't you come over here? Would you mind seeing him? Because we've got... Um, We've got our our, uh, our audio executive. Yeah, the, yo, come on over here. Let's just see what the what would the uh, the the height discrepancy be here for Mike Del Tufo and Dolph Lundgren. Let's see, yeah, what will you tell him? Like this. I must break you. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Just scared. Out. Well, hold on a minute. Let's just show. You want to measure? Show. No. Show. No. Hold on. You, no. Show the tail. Of show, tape. show. Show. Mike. Mike. Tail of the tail. Let's show. Let's show Mike's. Uh, Mike's uh, training regimen for the rumble and the gundo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Tuesday. $20. Yeah, twenty dollars. All more. seats are twenty bucks. We're splitting this. But he's been training. See, he's, he's walking around. What do you think? He's he's focused. He got the beef coming up. The hit the beef. Well, he's got the Rocky fingerless gloves too. Oh yeah. yeah. Now this was a great video. Okay, we got it all. Oh wow! You gave him a shot. What do you think, Dolph? It's not bad. It's a good good beginning. <laughs> a couple of years, you'll be good. You there's know? there's no end to it. That's that's good, man. 
<laughs> Rumble in the gundo. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger's got the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Let's take a call. Masab in Chicago. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Good, good, Susie. How about you? Great. That's good. First of all, I want to give you guys a round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause. You guys are one of the best shows sports-wise on the air. Thanks, brother. Thank so, you. Hands down. A great, great listen. Thank uh, you for that. Uh, no problem. Question. <laughs> the Bears trading Justin Fields. I think the Bears should make a package to the Patriots. Uh, and Chris, tell me if you, if you agree with this. Take Justin Fields, the ninth pick, and maybe even a third-round pick, maybe this year's draft or next year's draft, and the, for the third pick in this year's draft from the Patriots. You're going to also give us a ninth pick? Sold. I mean, we can take a wide receiver right there. We have Fields exactly. and Roma Dunze. So you, get, you stay in the top ten. The Bears get Marvin Harrison, get Caleb Williams, and the, the Pats get a quarterback that they need. Oh, I see what you mean. And they can draft for, for, uh, to get him a weapon as well. So let's see, for the third pick, interesting. We probably need a little bit more picks on the back end, but yeah, that's fine. I'm good with that. I like Justin Fields. I wanted him in 2021. Yeah. Uh, I knew the Bears and, and when, the, when you moved Caleb up. Williams yeah. And Marvin Harrison, which Marvin Harrison, honestly, for his talent, is probably the best player coming out of the draft, and you get the best quarterback to pair up with him. I think the Bears should really look into that. That's a win for the Bears, obviously. Chris, can you get in touch with uh Sure, let me just make uh, happen, let me please? just DM Gerard Mayo real quick. That'd be great. <laughs> just like let them know that's that's set in stone. Well, let me text Elliot Wolf. Great, good job. Hey Masab, thanks again for the call. Really appreciate it. No problem, no problem. See you, Take brother. care. Uh Alex in Las Vegas. Hi, hey, what's on your yes. mind? How are you guys doing today, man? Alex, how are you? Hey, how's the day for the past six months since I had my car wreck? I, I appreciate you guys being on. Oh no, are you yeah. all right? You, you doing you good? Okay? Uh, you know what, man? I've had I've had three spine surgeries. They failed on all three of them. I got to have a fourth one. It's 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 a whole ordeal. But that's that's that that's neither here nor there. Look, you guys you guys are talking about Zach Wilson earlier, right? And and he look, I followed Zach Wilson through BYU. I'm a, I'm a Ducks fan. You know what I mean? But I right. I still you know I, I follow quarterbacks. And and the problem is like you're talking about Justin Fields. You know Zach Wilson. They get they get they get drafted to these bum teams that don't have a line. True. Zach Wilson has an opportunity there with the Jets to go behind Rodgers and learn. I don't think they should get rid of him. I think he should sit right there, right behind Rodgers. They need to fix that line. If if the line wasn't broken, Rodgers would still be starting. He went. You know what? He would have still started. He wouldn't have been injured. You know if he's. But arguably one of the the best quarterbacks in NFL history. If he can't do it, then it's not the quarterback. It's it's the line. Well, you Alex, know? you're not wrong. And and by the way, feel better. We hope that you are doing okay. And we send you our best thoughts. Yeah, brother. I, I appreciate mean, that. You're welcome. Um, take care. I really feel like guys, the Zach Wilson ship has sailed. I mean, Joe Douglas made it clear. Oh. You don't you don't give someone permission to go seeking trades if you have any confidence in that kid being there. Number one. Number two, he has taken a beating the last year or two, maybe three. 
He's taking a psychological beating. Yeah, not How just physically gonna... on the field, but mentally the the jerking around, the yo-yoing. Am I the starter? Am I not? You're out of here. Wait, now Rodgers is hurt. No, you got to play again. Wait, no, but you Tim have Boyles, a great game. Tim Boyle's in. You're terrible. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this before the show, even with Justin Fields. I mean, he's taking a beating right now in Chicago. Imagine, and I know the feedback, Susie, it's a grown man. It's a boy's game. Chris, you said the Godfather line, right? It's the, yeah, it's the uh, business, they chose. business they chose. But for Zach Wilson, it's almost um, irresponsible to have him stay in New York for his own sanity. And maybe this kid could be really good. Who's a good quarterback who doesn't have a good O-line? I mean, let's face it. I mean, that's your that's your, that's your protectorate. That's why the Jets want to go out and get somebody to protect Aaron Rodgers. And whoever's behind him, whoever comes in and is his backup, but it's not going to be Zach Wilson. I think about the story, uh, guys, that, that Rich told about Mac Jones uh, overseas in Germany last year where he was, apropos of nothing, volunteered it himself that he, you know, he looks at the situation that two has got where he's really encouraged and it's nurturing and, you know, in, in essence, a, a hug. <laughs> Mac Jones needs a hug. I think Zach Wilson needs hugs. They need a fresh start, clean start. They need a clean break from these teams. And they need to go somewhere else where they're wanted and they're nurtured to be successful. And by the way, I can hear people saying, nurture, come on, Chris. They're men, the people that push back on. That's totally fine. I I, I just think like people of my age and older, it's different. Our, my high school coach screamed at us nonstop. And that was, that was the coaching style back then. And, and, you know, kids of my generation and older reacted to that, um, Kids today don't want to be yelled at. That's some, right. Some do. But from what I've seen, they don't react well to just constantly being earholed by their coaches. And I, I actually think that's kind of an outdated coaching philosophy. So these guys, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, there's good players inside of them. You can see it. Um, so I hope they get a fresh start somewhere. And Pete Thamel alluded to that just earlier on the show. And if you missed it, please watch it again on Roku on repeat or wherever you find your Rich Eisen show on YouTube or what have you. But he did say that, that that football's changed, that these kids are different. These are kids of social media. These are kids who are taking advantage of the above the table NIL. And they're coming in with different expectations. So we see that already in the post-Belichick verbiage coming out of New England, talking about, uh, 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 a less intense vibe and changing of the Patriot way where you go to the bathroom here at the Red Jason show in the A plus facilities here. <laughs> and there's a photograph of Bill Belichick right above the, uh, right above the service entry. And it says, do your job. Mike, do your job. One of the thir- first things Brian Grazer uh, commented on as he came out uh, from the green room. The other day, yeah, Bill Belichick <laughs> above the toilet, staring at you over the over the bathroom. There you go. Yeah, situation. I may have to get my "Do Your Job" T-shirt out for the, <laughs> one of the next three days. I mean, but you know, do your job, do your job, and that's why watching this documentary was so much fun. When's the next one drop? TJ, is it Friday? Every Friday, right? every Friday. Yeah, two. I mean, talk about generationally. They're so good. I sat in there with Rich, my mom, who I won't say how old she is because she won't tell you. And uh, and Cooper, who's 13, and we sat there in a row, like riveted, because it's so well done. And it was like, I think I've lived through this. Wait a minute, I did. 
It's pretty awesome. Right? Yeah, I remember awesome. I, I text you and Chris because I started watching it before the two of you who are Patriots fans. And, of course, I'm not really. I just love stories. And I text you guys four minutes in. I've got goosebumps right now watching this thing. It was just awesome to kind of, whether you're a fan or not, just to kind of relive that. Unless, you know, you're a Raider fan or a... You know. I mean, it's great if you're a Giants fan. Episode four was great if Ooh. you're a New York yeah, Giants fan. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and then I sit there thinking, they have so much tape. Like my producer side clicks on. And I'm like, how did they shoot all of that? Like, yeah. I mean, so much video. Mm-hmm. Even like there's that one shot of Belichick well, walking up. It's dark out. Video, He's right? turning the guys, keys in the door. Yeah. Your team is good at shooting video though, right? Wow. wow. I don't know what you're talking wow. about. That's, that's <laughs> funny, TJ. No, everyone does it. Everyone should have their own documentary. <laughs> well, and then I thought, who's the next? Who's the team that's going to well, fall? I, I hope they're shooting chief stuff now. I hope for the last, you know, four or five seasons they've been they definitely they've are. been doing the same thing because it seems like in about 15, 20 years there's going to be a hell of a Chiefs documentary. Yeah. Um, how, how were the Chiefs so good when their facilities were so terrible? So <laughs> bad. <laughs> and their ownership, F minus. So bad. Is there a camera following? I mean, there's a lot of cameras following Travis down to down under. Yeah. I hope so. That would be awesome. What if I told you that the best team in the NFL had the worst training facility in the league? And the worst ownership, despite <laughs> their name being on the trophy. The locker room smelled like hot garbage on a warm Saturday <laughs> afternoon in August. Hot garbage on a It smelled like burnt barbecue sauce. <laughs> the snacks were subpar. I mean, The Cheerios were stale. I'll take over of, that job. They'll be eating really good stuff. It, hey. smelled, of, it smelled of burnt brisket in the locker room. Mike, you're sleep. healthy these days. I know. Right? I haven't eaten in 24 hours. I'm starting to. I need food. You're yeah, right. He's, he's you're right, kid. Out a I, I, I can't wait. I'm getting my blood drawn today for my oh. test, and I can't eat. I'm on like a fast for. So, I'm like, dying. no coffee, no nothing? No, I can have coffee. That's it. Okay. I'm going crazy right now. Like, these guys are eating because you bring in the yeah. insane croissants. Nice. You want some nuts? And TJ, he's nuts. In front. Oh. I would. TJ literally put one in front of my face, and I was like, TJ, That's not nice, TJ. I just wanted to see how strong his will was. was. He was taunting me. His will was strong. I just wanted to check it, you know? So if we had a teammanship, uh, I would give him an F right now. Okay. Teammates F. Green room A. A plus green room. Food A. A A plus. Studio great. (laughs) Snacks amazing. When when you're here. When I'm here. Guest Ah. host. I mean, A plus plus plus. Thank I mean, you. Jay Felly. Jay Felly's into the guest yeah. host. <laughs> Jay Felly. Yeah, what is going I on? Mean, with what, yeah, what's Jay doing? <laughs> I love Jay Felly. Come on. Jay's the best. Back off. You know, I, love, I support you. He's my Whenever son. Rich rips on you, I sit there and I tent. I, I know you him. do, Susie. Be nice to Mike. Rich's mother and you, which I, and I love you both. That's funny. And I mean that. That's funny. In what order? Just want to know. <laughs> well, I've known you longer than Rich's mom. Thank you. And so I, you Evelyn, you're Plus, amazing. we've done hours of saying, TV together, Susan. A lot of ego. Oh, let's take a break. Okay. News update when we come back. We're wrapping up this hour of the Rich Eisen Show. So much more ahead. Chris Brockman's news update, people. Ooh. You can't miss that. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores, or... 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to lead you onto the field next year. It's going to be weird getting into a huddle without Alex Smith, too. Because so you, because you did not, you did not obviously play in the last game of the year, right? No, I did not. Okay, so that was where Mahomes was out there. Yeah. Um, what are your feelings now that Alex Smith has been unofficially traded away? To use your um, phraseology here, it's it's awkward. It's awkward. I, uh, I honestly don't know how to really accept it. <clears throat> I mean, through our, <clears throat> my entire career, I've uh, you can't say Travis Kelsey without Alex Smith. I mean, he's been my quarterback. He's been the guy that's. Uh, Arguably, the I owe a lot of my success to him, you know. So it's um, it's going to be awkward going into a huddle, like I said, with uh, with anybody but Alex. But I know Pat is ready for the opportunity. Sure, he's um, he's he's taking a lot of a lot of mental reps and a lot of notes from Alex and how this thing should be ran. Um, Alex ran it to a to an absolute T this uh, this past season, and um, you know, obviously, everyone's excited to see what he can do. We had Chris Harris of the Broncos on game day morning in the playoffs and he said when he was looking at film of Mahomes and he played a couple of series against him yeah he says this kid's got some serious ability the Broncos said that yeah have you seen anything of that note yet without a doubt I mean what he what he does in practice is uh it's fun to watch him in practice because kind of he's on the scout team kind of just being a backyard quarterback throwing it all every way imaginable you Mm -hmm. can think of sidearm underhand Chucking, putting the ball anywhere on the field. So it was definitely fun watching him in that regard. And when he played against the Broncos, I mean, he, he had a lot of footballs where he put it right on the money. Right. And, and, and in crucial times and uh, crucial moments. So, I mean, it's, um, it's like I said, it's going to be exciting to see where you can go with it because it's, it's the, hmm. the expectation is definitely high. Susie Schuster here with you on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey. I'm busy sending chocolate-covered cranberries to Pete Thamel for joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. That's nice of you. Man, nobody does stuff like that. I send gifts. I send gifts. I use Aunt Leia's fudge on Nantucket. I'd like to send a little chocolate-covered cranberries as a thank you for coming on. Nice. Hey, listen, I want that A-plus grade. Yeah, that's true. I just want the... I want the. That's it. I get it. Yes, I want. Yes. I want the customer service. I want people who are on the Rich Eisen Show and with the football, wherever you get your podcast, to uh, let them know I appreciate them. So I'm just saying. So I just finished that up. Took care of business. Do I get to read like, podcasts like between you and Amy and Brockman and Rich? Because I do both of them. Yeah, you get to. Oh, ho, ho. yeah. 
Brockman and Rich, did they, you, nice. you, got, you and Amy bring food, yep. ice cream. Conversation, simulating conversation. Yeah, overreaction Monday is I, pretty fun. I give you laughs. You know what I mean? You know, I oof, that would be tough. Friendship. I always have your back. That's a lie. <laughs> that's that's. Yeah, true. seriously. I always okay, have your I back. I definitely win you. that one. I've known him longer. I, I mean, win that uh, one. Well, length saying. of friendship does not equate to strength of friendship, but in your case, you, you, go, are, you are true. You do have Thank his you, back TJ. more than anyone else. Thank you, you know, very I, much yeah. for that. I don't know why you have his back more than anyone. That's a great question. Don't let anyone here put you down. (laughs) Whatever. Chris, you know, real quick, I've been holding on to something for a minute I want to talk to you guys about. You're talking about Russell Wilson, right? Did you watch the Brandon Marshall interview? Did you watch any of that? Not just some of the clips I've seen, not the whole whole thing. Russ is talking about how, like, he got the call saying they wanted him to take away his injury um, Mm -hmm. clause in in his contract, and that didn't happen. They were going to sit him down. And then, you know, I'm thinking right after that is that moment where Sean Payton was just screaming at him in his face on the sidelines, right? Mm -hmm. And no one could figure out what was going on and why that happened. And then, you know, it just kind of occurred to me, like, let's just say Russell Wilson would have snapped back at him like most people probably would have getting yelled at like that. That could have triggered like a clause in his contract that, you know, actions detrimental to the team or something. And they could have probably voided his contract if he would have done anything at that moment it was just something i was thinking about because that was so weird to have a coach just screaming at at, at your quarterback like that it just it didn't sit well with a lot of people and it didn't really make sense but now you you kind of have to wonder was that part of a plan to maybe get him to lose his composure so they could perhaps who knows that seems diabolical if that's uh, that seems very diabolical but what other well, it's a crazy contract. It looks terrible. It looks like one of the worst moves in NFL history now. But you know who you can't blame um, for that? Russell Wilson. He no. didn't. He didn't write the contract. He didn't. No. 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 He signed it. He signed it, and you know he's going to get his money. Uh, it and, was, he's, and he's probably going to be on a new team next year. It was just something I was thinking yeah, of as I was watching that, like because that moment was so weird to all of us. I think. Let me ask you a question about that. Now, money aside, mm-hmm. because obviously he's owed a tremendous amount of money. At what point does a quarterback become Clay Thompson? Like, and by that I mean, realize that they're going to get another chance. And obviously, with the amount of money he gets paid, it's very limited. But at what point does a quarterback like Russell William, like Russell Wilson, realize that the time is kind of counting down? There was a great article that I read last night. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was The Athletic about Larry Bird and Clay Thompson because Clay was having trouble uh, realizing and mm-hmm. kind of absorbing the fact that he was going to come off the bench. And then apparently Larry Bird was heard talking at the All-Star game about Clay Thompson being the player that he loves watching shoot more than anybody else. And it reinfused him with a sense of self-confidence mm. and created a connection between Larry Legend and Clay Thompson. Wow, that's cool. Didn't know that. Yeah, well. Well, I, Larry knew it was over because his back was obviously sure, you know, shot and spasm so. every five seconds. Yeah. I just mean, you know, we talk about where's Russell Wilson going to go. We've got all these young quarterbacks. It was a rough stint in Denver. Who wants him, Chris? I don't know, and who wants him to be their starter? That's the thing. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the spot is for him, or if it's like. One of these teams drafts a young player 
and you have Russ come in as, the, mentor as the bridge guy and be the mentor. You know, Russ starts for X amount of years. Kind of like how the Giants wanted Kurt Warner to be when they drafted Eli Manning, and it just didn't work out, and Eli ended up having to start midway through the year because, you know, Kurt kind of got the yips there for a second. Um, I don't know. I don't know where the spot is for Russ. Like I said, the teams you kind of throw out there are kind of the obvious ones. It's Atlanta and Pittsburgh and New England, these teams that are going to have to either draft a quarterback or find some other scenario. It's tough. Maybe I mean, no, nobody's talking about Washington. I guess we just assume whoever Washington drafts is going to be starting from day one. Yeah. Do um, we do we assume Washington's going to take a quarterback? I, we have been. We have been. We have been. Uh, it just seems like it. Do you think there's any chance new they coach, take new Marvin ownership? Harrison? I don't know. I guess it just do they, uh, is that the belief there with Sam Howell. It doesn't seem like doesn't it towards like the end it. of last year. I mean, they lost, what, eight, nine in a row to end the season to move into that number two spot. Um, I don't know, man. Russ is going to be 36 next season. Seems like it. Seems to me like will, a Clay Thompson will, moment here, right? The window right? is almost closed. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we look around at some of these other quarterbacks. We wonder where they're going to go. I mean, who is going to hug Mac Jones? Who's going to hug Zach Wilson? Well, what about Jimmy G? How about Jimmy G? We're not even talking about Got him. Got a two-game suspension to start next year for the PD on a prescription, prescripted medication. That's or something. all very murky. Right? Very, very murky. Very murky. Very murky. Uh, so yeah, where's he? He, I think the, he. The, the handsome peptide I must have he, popped. I think he's one of the thirty best quarterbacks still. I think. Right. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And Stacy Dale said it in the first hour. At, you know. Nothing is science. We've seen this for years and years. You go back to the, the Ryan Leaf draft. I mean, that's how far back sure. you go to talk about this. That's Nothing the thing. Is- it's the first, first round draft picks are a coin flip, whether they whether they hit or not. You know, I, I would imagine first round success rate is probably under 50%, just for all players, not just quarterbacks. seems like quarterbacks are even less than probably that. Less, <laughs> less yeah. than that. <laughs> I mean, think about the, think about the Jake Locker, uh, Blaine Gabbert, was it uh, EJ Manuel yeah. draft? I, you know, who knows? You got a news update? I got What's some news on? items. What do you got? Roll my music. And now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word whatsoever, it's Chris Brockman. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, All right, what up, talking a lot about quarterbacks. Uh, NFL Combine this week, draft two months in Detroit. Are we going to be there? Let's hope. All right, Ian Rapport saying that Jaden Daniels spent yesterday at the Combine meeting with, ready? Bears, Commanders, Vikings, Jets, Giants, Patriots, Raiders, Seahawks, and Saints. Oh, my. Ooh. That's a good list. Oh, baby. Real quick, which team is the best fit? Would he fit in best and have the best chance to win right away? Anybody on that list? Hmm. Bears, Commanders, Vikings, Jets, Giants, Pats, Raiders, Seahawks. Vikings? Vikings, Vikings? yeah. Bring back uh, Justin Jefferson. Right? Vikings? Who else are you thinking? Hmm. Raiders, tough division. Seahawks? Interesting. Good division. Bears. I think the Bears are going to be everyone's. Hot pick. I'm going to predict this now. August, you're rolling around, you're watching all the shows. Mm-hmm. Bears, it's going to be a lot of hot picks to win the North. How's their line? Not mm. great. Right? Oh, there you go. Not yeah. great. Not great. I'm sorry. I just like, you start at the line. 
Absolutely. I mean, you're going to spend all that money on this kid who needs a line? Like, I'm, I'm going to look at the line. And that's kind of my thought with whether the Bears stick with Justin or go with Caleb. If you don't address that number one problem that they have is keeping the quarterback safe and upright, then you're just making a collateral move, right? You're just going from one to another, and you're not really addressing your area of need. Yeah. Raiders moving up. That would be something. All right. Uh, new head coach in New England, Gerard Mayo, talked uh, today. A lot of quotes going around. Obviously, Bill's out. Things are different. No more podium at pressers. Did you see that, Susie? They're using a, a table. What does it all mean? Coach, talk to me. Look, it's going to be different, but at the same time, I would say, look, Bill did a great job for a long period of time. I don't want you guys to take this as uh, because we're changing our shots toward the previous uh, regime. Uh, and saying that we will do it differently and it'll feel different. But at the end of the day, we would like to replicate the success that the prior regime has had. And so uh, I learned a lot from Bill uh, and also his staff. Uh, but now we'll, we'll see what this chapter looks like in, in the franchise. Who the thing, are these people? That's the thing. It's this like, is so weird. It's like, uh, we're going to get rid of the hard asses and uh, whatever, whatever the quote was. Well, the hard asses won a lot. So the warm and fuzzy stuff is cool. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not are they going to give not, out slankies next? I'm not like, expecting what's playoffs in 2024, but playoffs in 2025. Like, let's go. Right. As a, as a Pats fan, I don't know. All it right. feels uncomfortable. No podium, no nothing, no Dunkin' Donuts sign behind him. Maybe. Who knows? All right. So, quick, quick hitters. Uh, some Chiefs news. They released uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, saving $12 million against the cap. Uh, this comes after they informed Legereus Sneed that they are prepared to use the franchise tag on him and opening, o- open to a trade hmm. if they can't reach a long-term deal. Uh, Chiefs GM Brett Veach also said that in terms of Chris Jones, the goal and intent is to hopefully get a long-term deal done there. Uh, would be shocked if Chris Jones left. Uh, the Athletic reporting the Raiders don't plan to tag Josh Jacobs. So he could be on a different team next year. Jeff Darlington says he thinks Kirk Cousins could explore his options in free agency. That's kind of a shocker because everything that we've been hearing seems like Kirk was just going to come back to Minnesota. So if Kirk's out there, that's definitely a a big QB fish. And Jeff uh, and Dodgers fans rejoice. Otani made his debut yesterday, went yard (laughs) in his third at bat. We're going to see like 80 home runs from Otani this year. I just have a feeling. I love you said debut. <laughs> I know. I tried to power through that. Debut. I meant to say debut. I, like I was going to let that go. I was trying to power through. First thing Coop said about what are you going to talk about on the show today? He said, Mom, you got to talk about Otani. Well, we talked about it right at the end. Yeah. Coop Tani. Otani's amazing. He's yeah, gonna hit, he doesn't like that nickname. He's going to hit a million home runs. Rich doesn't care about if you like a nickname or not. He just does it. Obviously. Have, well, you, have you ever met him? Coop should accept that one, though. Great show, Guys, everybody. Great show tomorrow. tomorrow. Mad Dog Russo joins us tomorrow. Dog, it's going to be yeah. fun. Thanks, everybody. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.